Welcome to Red Zone Redemption. I'm your host for the night, Shane Barrett. You can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB and follow the show at FFRZ Redemption. And with me tonight is founder of Going for Two, incredible friend and mentor of mine. He will share his time and his wisdom with me pretty much whenever I ask, and it's, it's very appreciated. He's one of the nicest guys in the space, one of the most generous with his time. It is the one and the only Jeff Lambert. Jeff, how you doing tonight? I'm good, man. And thanks for that intro. That's one of the nicest intros I've ever had before. So I appreciate that. Yeah, man. You were, if I remember correctly, my first guest when I started Collective Knowledge. And you've always kind of thrown me a bone whenever I needed it for pretty much anything. So I greatly appreciate you and your friendship. So happy to have you back on. Absolutely, man. Glad to be on. And if you guys don't know, Jeff is actually a 49ers fan stuck in the DMV area, if I remember correctly. You're in Maryland, right? I'm in Virginia, but yeah, same area. Got it. So Jeff is a 49ers fan. And as you guys know, we're in the middle of our series covering the divisional preview for fantasy football. And so we are going to do the NFC West. Same style we've been doing where we do a quick one round mock draft, one QB and then jump into the buy, sell, holds, and sleepers. And before we get into that, Jeff, I have a question for you. What is one tip that you would give people that can save their fantasy season? It can be draft season, it can be in-season, or postseason. So my big thing is is don't overreact. It's a long season. You know, people, you know, some of the horror stories of people that sold Jonathan Taylor in his rookie season because he was struggling early on. And then, of course, he ended up being RB6 at the end of the season. It's a long season. You know, don't don't panic. You know, if you don't win your first one, two, three games, if you know if you're struggling or you got a player that's struggling that you really liked, it's a long season. Hold out. You don't have to make a ton of moves just to, to, to stay competitive. A lot of times you end up regretting it stick to your guns and, and just play out the season as best you can. Now, if you get to the middle of the season and you're like, oh, crap, I got to do some crazy things to get into the playoffs, then then you can start doing some stuff. But don't overreact to the beginning of the season. It's a long season and things change drastically. Yeah, definitely. I, that's I think I've shared a similar tip before where it's like, don't don't give up, like stay active, even if you start off rough. And my example is actually Polly's playoff a couple of years ago where my second round pick was a donation and it was Tim Tebow it ended up being my pick. And so I had to recover from that throughout the draft and then throughout the season and the way I did it was staying active. So definitely don't overreact because you can, you can fix pretty much anything just through trading and, and whatnot. Yeah. I have a, I have a great don't overreact story that I've shared a couple of times, but I'll, I'll share it real quick if you don't mind. Yeah. Come on. The year is 2008 and I drafted a running back by the name of D'Angelo Williams. And he struggled at the beginning of the season. I think he had one touchdown through like the first six or seven games. And I dropped him. I just straight up dropped him. Like he's just not doing good. He had one 100 yard game. He ended the season with 18 touchdowns. Oh my. And the guy that I dropped him and the guy that picked him up rode him to a championship. And I had him on my team, drafted him onto my team, overreacted. He wasn't doing anything in the first half of the season, dropped him and then regretted it ever since. Yeah, that one hurts. That one hurts a lot. Yeah, I was trying to pull up his game log here to see exactly when his season sort of took off. But yeah, it was a it was a pretty crazy, you know, second half of the season that he just started going crazy. Was that when Jonathan Taylor was there too? 
not Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Stewart. Stewart, yes, I believe he was still there as well. I, I want to say Stewart may have either he either got hurt or I remember him getting hurt one year. Two thousand eight sounds about right. Yeah, that was that was the year. <laughs> that was the year that I yes definitely regretted that for sure. So it's been a while since I've actually given a tip, Jeff. So I'm going to give one, and that is going to be go get guys that you think are value. And the two people that are coming to mind right now, even from a dynasty, especially from a dynasty perspective, are Sam Howell and Deontay Johnson. Like when you said the thing about D'Angelo Williams only having the one touchdown, Deontay Johnson had zero touchdowns last year. But he's one of like three or four players the last three years that's had 140 plus targets in each of those years. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. He's one of my guys that I've been I've been looking to get in pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So unless you are just in the doldrums of your league, like you were in year one of a rebuild, I would be comfortable going to get Deontay Johnson. And I don't care what stage you're in. I believe in Sam Howell. I think he might be my most rostered player at this point. But go get Sam Howell right now while he's still cheap. Because I think you can, if you don't fully believe in the talent, I think he'll be able to prove you wrong and you can sell him and get even better value for him later on. Or you can hold him like I plan to and yield those profits. So, Yeah, I pulled up his stats here. So through week seven... He had two touchdowns and only one 100-yard game. <laughs> he ended the season after that. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven 100-yard games. And he had two games with four touchdowns in the same game, one of which was the championship game that he had four touchdowns. Yeah, he was a, he was a beast. From week eight on, he had 16 touchdowns. That is absolutely bonkers. All right, you ready to get into this mock draft? Let's do it. Well, you are the guest, and it is one QB, and it is Dynasty. So kick us off. Who are you taking first out of the NFC West? So it's pretty easy choice in one QB. If we went super flex, it would be very difficult because some of these quarterbacks are pretty brutal, but it'd be hard to pass up on a quarterback in super flex. But because it is one QB, it's a pretty easy choice, and it's Christian McCaffrey at the 101. You know, even at his his quote unquote advanced age, you know, he's getting to that running back cliff. I think he has at least at least this year of, of elite status and potentially next year as well. And a really good offense with a really good coach that likes to run the ball. He'll get a huge workload. So give me Christian McCaffrey at the 101. Yeah, that's a really good pick. Even with his age, like I think last year he finally showed that he can be healthy. And I think some of the stuff in Carolina, too, was just to kind of pursue. Extend his longevity, if you yeah, will. Why, why come back when your team's won one game, right? Basically exactly. exactly. So I think that was some of what was going on in Carolina. So I, I like that pick quite a bit, actually. Cool. I think I'm going to go with another aged veteran here for my first pick. And I'm going to go Cooper Cup. That's a great pick. I mean, Cup for the last two seasons and the games that he's played has been a target hog and a fantasy points machine. So I'm, I'm going to go with Cup and I think the Rams have a, a shot to, to bounce back this year. They were hurt. They were severely hurt last year. And so I, I think Cup being back, Stafford being back, gives them a good shot to contend again. Yeah, I mean, even if they're bad, I think Stafford and Cup, as long as they're healthy, are going to put up points because basically it's Cup and nobody else. 
Like, yeah. You can't even name the number two receiver in that team right now. It it's might be uh, Van Jefferson, which is terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Or it's Ben Skaronic, one of those two. Yeah. Neither one of them are going to be giving you any excitement in fantasy. Absolutely not. All right. All right. Up at the 103 here. Again, one quarterback. We know running backs are king. And there's two guys on the board. And one of the guys would have been a no-brainer pre-draft. But with Mr. Zach Charbonnet, there was a little bit of a, a wrench in it. But I think mm-hmm. I'm still going to stick with Kenneth Walker over over Cam Akers. I think he still has the pedigree. He showed last year that he's a big play guy. And I think the Seahawks will find enough volume for both guys to be viable. And I think Kenneth Walker is still a, a great pick here at the at the 103. Yeah, that's a great pick. I personally still believe in Walker. The Charbonnet pick, I don't know, it's confusing to me. Like, is Pete Carroll just getting senile in his old age? Like, what's what's really going on there? And I've seen, I saw some takes around draft time that like, they were bringing Charbonnet in basically to be that receiving back because Ken Walker previously didn't have experience doing that. And I was like, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me because he, he showed in Seattle last year that he could receive the ball fine. So before we move on, like, what are your thoughts on the Charbonnet Walker split? Like, what do you see it ending up being? So. Initially, I was like, it's all Kenneth Walker. Like, it's Charbonnet's going to be the backup, and that's all there is to it. I've kind of come around a little bit on it because Charbonnet is a little bit more of a complete back. If you're really looking at it, he is a, he can actually run routes. I think Kenneth Walker's fine catching the ball and dump offs. Mm-hmm. Sharps can actually run routes, which I don't think Kenneth Walker has shown the ability to do yet. But that Seattle offense is still going to be pretty conservative. It's still going to run the ball a ton. I think both guys are viable. I, I dropped Walker a little bit in my rankings. I, I had him as a as a surefire first round pick in redraft leagues, and I dropped him down. I think he's still a second round pick, but I'm okay getting Sharps a little bit later as well. With the fact that, with the 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 notion that he can be a standalone, he could be what you call like a hyper hyper handcuff. handcuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, hyper handcuff. Where he's going to have some value to stand alone, and then if for some reason Kenneth Walker ever goes down. Charbonnet can be a, a top 12, top 15 running back for the weeks that Kenneth Walker is out. But I still like Walker and I'm still taking him over Zach Charbonnet in, in all of my leagues. Same. And I honestly think that that door kind of swings both ways. Like if Charbonnet goes down, then Walker, we've seen, is perfectly capable of handling that load. So yep. that's great. All right. I, I'm going to stick with the same team and go with DK Metcalf here. Great choice. 49er killer right there. Uh-huh. He's a 49er killer. He always kills us. <laughs> I Metcalf has been one of those guys that I don't have enough shares of in the leagues that I'm in. Just because, I mean, dude's a freak of an athlete. And I think if he continues to improve his route running, because I feel like he's gotten better year over year, if he continues to improve that, like he can challenge... This may be a little hot takey, Jeff, and I apologize, but he could challenge for one of the best wide receivers in the league if he's not already considered. That. Like, I feel like, I don't know about you, but he may be like a tier below that, right? Like, he's not up there with the Chases, the Jeffersons, the Diggs, Tyreek Hills, J- Jalen Waddles, those guys. He's probably just, just slightly below those guys. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think he is in that second tier. I think the hate has gone a little too far on Metcalf. Yeah. I was trying to pull his stats up here, but my computer doesn't want to cooperate. But if I'm not mistaken, he had a a career high in receptions, a career high in targets, 
what he didn't have last year was the touchdowns. He only yeah. had six, I believe. So people are looking at it like, oh, you know, he fell off. He's not as good as he was before. I'm like, hmm, touchdowns are kind of fluky. I was like, if yeah. he's getting the receptions, he's still getting the targets. Touchdowns will come. He's a huge, he's a monster. What, he's a six foot five, six foot four, something like that. Yeah, I think six four. Yeah, he's a beast. So I think touchdowns come. If he continues to get that kind of volume, he's going to be right up there with the elite guys once again. All right. So let's see. What what are we on? One oh what what pick are we on? One oh five. So let's see. I've gone pretty much running back this whole time, and I think I'm going to stick to that. And then I'm going to take take Mr. Cam Akers. He, he I was high on him coming out of college, and I drafted him in a lot of my leagues. He hasn't really been able to pan out some of it due to injuries. But we saw last year at the end of the last four or five games, he really came on. He got all the workload. I think he was getting 75% plus of the snaps. The Rams did not really go out and get anybody. You know, I know they got, I think it's Zach Evans, I believe, yeah. is the guy they drafted late. They just added Sony Michelle, but I'm not worried about either I'm one not of them. Sony Michelle. No, absolutely not. It's, it's Cam Maker's show. And unless he shows that he can't do it, I think he will continue to get that volume. We've seen in the past too with McVay's offenses. He wants to have one running back in there if he can if he can do it. And I think that's going to be Cam Akers. And as long as he's healthy, even in an offense that may not be that good this year, I think he's still going to get enough volume that he'll be viable in fantasy. Yeah. So Jeff, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the first pick of yours that I don't like, and it's just because I don't. I've never been an Akers guy. Part of it is also I'm a Kyron Williams truther. If those still exist, so I'm holding out hope that Williams will, will get some run. But uh, I don't know, there's just something about Akers that like, and maybe it's the injury history, but there's just something that like, I just, I try to stay away from him when it comes to fantasy. It, he's had those spurts like in the playoffs where he's really, really good. I just don't know if he's consistent enough for me. So this is the first pick that I don't love of yours, but it's okay. We don't always have to agree. If we did, we'd, it'd be boring. and know what to watch. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. This is where I think it gets a little interesting. All right, I'm going to go off of my personal preference here and probably slightly against the grain, but I'm going to go Brandon Ayuk here. No, I like it. That's probably who I would have gone with there as well. Cool. So I'm going to skip my analysis and ask you why why would you have gone Ayuk over Debo? So I think Ayuk took over that number one spot last year. If you watch the 49ers play, I know they still try to get Debo involved in different ways, different creative ways, and I think they will continue to do that this year as well. But Ayuk took that step forward after being a, a short stint in the doghouse where he wasn't performing. I think that kind of woke him up a little bit. Yeah. Going into the into last season and the start of the season, they were the, the defense of the Niners in practice was really challenging Brandon Ayuk, really getting into his head. There was one linebacker. Who was it? It's uh, Fred Warner was really yes. to the point that they almost got into a fight in practice. Multiple times. Yeah. So they they really pushed him hard. They, they, they really saw what they had in him and he showed up. You know, he was a little overshadowed, you know, being a little bit in offense with Christian McCaffrey and, and George Kittle and even Debo, you know, even though he had a down season, he's the shiny toy that everybody kind of knew from the year previous. Yeah. And then Ayuk just quietly had a really good season last year. And I think that that's going to continue into this year, um, especially if, if Brock Purdy is the quarterback. I do think that that helps Brandon Ayuk because there will be, you know, a lot more passing downfield where I think with Trey Lance, it'll be a lot more of a, 
the read option type stuff with Debo. Yeah. So I, I, I like Brock, Brock Purdy and IU connections. Cool. Yeah, I love IU. I think it was last offseason I actually made the the comment that I think IU is a better true wide receiver than Debo is. Like Debo is a great offensive weapon, but it, when it comes to playing like that prototypical like X type receiver, I think Ayuk is, is better at that than Debo is. So I love Ayuk. Clearly, I'm, I'm taking him here. But yeah, I, I was paying attention to Ayuk, and he's been one of those guys that I've tried to buy this offseason because I do think he's extremely undervalued in fantasy, and you can get him for, I think, like, not, like, you don't, you weren't going to have to pay that premium price like you would to go get a Debo. Actually, I saw a trade today. I think it was Addison, Amaze Hayes posted that he saw a trade or made a trade where they traded Debo away and got Ayuk in the 111. And like, I'd do that yeah. 10 times that it's in. 100% agree. Absolutely. So, all right, my friend, you are up 107. Who are you taking here? All right. So I'm going to go with the positional advantage here that this guy gives me in I this think uh, division. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mr. George Kittle. Yeah. I think, you know, tight ends are, are hard to find an elite guy. And, you know, if, if we assume that Brock Purdy is the quarterback, we saw what he did with Brock Purdy last year. He had three touchdowns. Kittle did until Brock Purdy took over, mm-hmm. uh, ended the season with, with two and then two and then one and then two. So he had. Seven touchdowns in four games after having three the entire season. So that connection was just beautiful to watch with Brock Purdy getting him the ball. And like I said, the positional advantage of having a good tight end, especially in this division where the tight end is very scarce. I'll take, I'll take Kittle here. I think Debo might be the pick if it was, you know, if we're talking about the entire NFL. Yeah. That we're just in the division here. I'll, I'll go with, with, with George Kittle here. No, that's a great, great pick. I don't even know if I can name another tight end in the division that's worth their salt. I think the second is the second best tight end in the division, Higby. Probably Higby, yeah, and he'll he'll get a shit ton of targets because Mr. Cooper Cup was the only other option there. So yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely up there, but he's not George Kittle. No, and well, and that's why I think like last year the Rams just struggled is because Stafford literally had enough time, if that to throw to Cup or Higby. And that was his only option from yep. a talent standpoint and a time standpoint. Like their offensive line was not good. So oh, you've left me with a difficult choice here, Mr. Lambert. And I've literally only taken wide receiver. So I'm like, do I take a different position just to be, you know, fun? but I really like the wide receivers in this division. You know what? I'll break it up a little bit. And I think I'm going to go with only because this is dynasty. And I think he's probably the best quarterback from a dynasty perspective in the division. I'm going to go Kyler Murray here. Nice. So I'll take that positional advantage. It is a positional advantage. Now, Kyler could get replaced in 2024 with Caleb Williams because that's what everyone is projecting (laughs) the Cardinals to be that bad. But I still think Kyler is good enough to play when he's healthy. So, and he's, he gives you that rushing ability that not every quarterback in the, the league or heck even in the division gives you. So I'm going to go Kyler here. I like it. I like it. All right. So I'm up and let's see, I'm trying to think who, cause there's a couple options here. 
And so let me ask you, are we team building? Like, is this my team that I'm building here or is this just best player available? I look at it from a team building perspective, but it's really, it's, it's however you want to build it. So it can be best player available. It can be your personal preference. That's what makes it fun, right? All right. Then in that case, I will take Debo Samuel here. I probably would have gone with another player if, if, if it was considering team building or not team building. But Debo Samuel, we talked about it already. Two years ago, he was the wide receiver two overall, only behind Cooper Cup. And people forget, you know, they're like, oh, but he run, he ran the ball a bunch, had a bunch of rushing touchdowns. That's why he was the number two. He still had 1,400 yards receiving. That's yeah, pretty damn good. I, don't, I mean, I get it. The rushing yards kind of pushed him over the top a little bit. But to have 1,400 yards in a quote-unquote run-first offense is pretty damn good. So I'll take Debo here. I think he has a bounce-back season. Maybe not quite as good as two years ago but definitely better than he was last year. No, I that's a great pick. And I think it's a value pick at this point, so I, I do love that. Oh, Jeff, who do I take? It's getting mm. ugly now. <laughs> There's two names here that I'm considering, and I don't know which one to take in hopes that you'll let the other one fall to me. <laughs> I'm going to go with the shiny new toy. Yeah, and go Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I don't know if I'm going to know what that's in. Oh, there you go. I spotted it right. <laughs> so I'm going to go JSN, wide receiver one in the 2023 rookie class for me. Don't love the landing spot, at least for this first year, but Lockett is, will be 32, I think, by the time his rookie season is over, if not close to 33. So approaching that age cliff for wide receivers and I think out on his contract as well or can be had out. So Jason is who I'm going to take here because I think he A, is the most talented receiver in the rookie class, but B, I think long-term has a clear path to targets in this offense. Yeah, I agree there. I think that's what I'd gone with as well. I would have gone with him over Tyler Lockett as well. Okay. So, yeah, great, great pick there. Thank you. Is this my last pick? This is your last pick. All right. So I basically own the entire 49ers offense, so I won't get another 49er here. I was going to go with a quarterback. But since we're not team building, I'm just going to pick the other guy that I was talking about getting when I took Debo. But because I had Kenneth Walker, I passed on him. But I'll take Zach Charbonnet here. I think, you know, I think he still has value. I think he will have value. And like I mentioned, if Kenneth Walker was to get hurt for whatever reason, I think he becomes a instant RB1 candidate. He can catch passes, which we know in in fantasy is is the best thing you can have for a running back that can catch passes. So I think he still has a good role in this offense. His offense definitely runs, goes through the running backs. So I'll take Zach Charbonnet here at my last pick. Nice pick. And you left my player for me too. So I appreciate you. And here's the funny thing. Did you take a wide receiver? McCaffrey Walker. I got Debo. He was my Debo. one receiver. Okay. So you at least took a different position. Other than quarterback, I'm not going to. I'm going to actually stack my quarterback and I'm going to take Marquise Hollywood Brown. Nice. That's a great pick. Yeah. Another guy that I like, especially in this draft and, but just in general, I feel like he's kind of being overlooked by the fantasy community. I know Kyle, like, and I think people, it's probably because Kyler is going to be out or should be out for the first handful of games. Yep. But my thing with Hollywood is like, Hopkins is out. 
They've got Rondale Moore, but they haven't really shown a ton of love to him for me to really be scared of any other person threatening in that offense. Zach Ertz is coming back off of an injury. And then you've got Trey McBride as the young tight end who I, I like a lot, but I think has probably still some room to grow. And in 12 games last year, Hollywood still had 100 targets, yep. only three touchdowns. And so I, I think whoever the quarterback is in those first handful of games, which is, I think I saw a tweet or some or a report that it might be Clayton Toon. I don't know. I just think Hollywood's being undervalued right now. So that's who I'm going to yeah. pick on my left pick. Yeah, I've seen that that tweet too about him being a quarterback. I I still think it's going to be Colt McCoy. I think Colt McCoy just has better leadership to sort of get it done. But I still think either way you go, I think Hollywood Brown is a is a great player. He knows how to get open, and when you create separation, no matter who your quarterback is, they can get you the ball. So I think he's a it's a great option right there. Perfect. All right. So just to recap our quick little mock draft, Christian McCaffrey went one, Cooper Cup went two, Kenneth Walker three, DK Metcalf four, Cam Akers five, Brandon Ayuk six, George Kittle seven, Kyler Murray eight. Debo Samuel, 9, Jackson Smith and Jake Batten, Zach Charbonnet, 11, and Hollywood Brown, 12. So now, Jeff, we're going to jump into the second round of the show, and that is doing some bias cells, holds, and sleepers. And what I've been doing in the, the previous episodes in this series is you can base it off of our mock that we just did or off of any kind of rankings that you use, whether it's your own Fantasy Pros, ADP, or ECR. Just let me know ahead of time kind of what you're going off of. And uh, I'll let you start with our first buy of the NFC West. So first buy of the NFC West, and I took him in this mock draft, and you drafted his his counterpart ahead of him, and that's Mr. Debo Samuel. I think his value has has dipped way too low. People have forgotten how good he was two years ago for some reason because he didn't do very well last year. They're like, oh, you know, Christian McCaffrey is getting the carries now. Brandon Ayuk was getting the receiving yards, so it leaves kind of Debo out in the cold. But he had injuries last year for one. The team, obviously, I mean, we had, what, three or four different quarterbacks, you know, through the season last year. So there was no continuity in that in that regard. I do think that they're going to find ways to get Debo the ball, and we've seen what he can do with the ball in his hands. And because of that depressed value right now, I think you can get him fairly cheap, and you got a potential you know, top 12 receiver on your hand with with the brushing upside as well. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't personally love Debo, but... That's why he's a buy. No, it, yeah. But I think what, what you said is absolutely true. Like, he's sitting at wide receiver 18 in Fantasy Pro's PPR ADP right now with guys like Calvin Ridley, who hasn't played in a year ahead of him. Keenan Allen is ahead of him. DK is ahead of him. Why did you see her 14? T. Higgins. Chris Olave is ahead of him. I do not love that. So would you take Olave or Debo? Dynasty startup, it'll be tough. If I'm picking just for this year, it's Debo. Yeah. But if we're talking dynasty startup, it's they're probably right there in that same tier. It's whether or not would I want to go with the youth or do I want to go with the 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 proven veteran. So Looking at my ranks, I have Alave a little bit higher than Debo, so I probably go Alave. But I have Debo right where the ECR has him, right there at 18 is where I have him, 18 receiver. 
And he's, he's behind Drake London, Devonta Smith, Cooper Cup. There's some guys there that I think that, you know, and I rank, I don't rank the way that I would draft them. I rank yeah. by what I think their value is and what you can get for them. So yeah. I would take him above some of those guys, even though I have him ranked below those guys. Yeah, no, I love that you explained it that way because that makes a ton of sense to me. All right, I think I'm going to go with my last pick of, of our draft, and that is Hollywood Brown for my buy. That's a great pick. Um, Fantasy Pros has him all the way down at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And let me look at Sleeper real quick. I, I think that's incredibly too low. Yeah, it's way too low. I haven't met receiver 19. Two spots behind Debo, actually. So yeah, I'm much higher. Exactly. So, and then if we go look at, well, shoot, his only, his best finish is wide receiver 22. And then he finishes wide receiver 36. That's insane. Some of it injury related. And I think last yeah. year, if you look at when D Hop was not in the lineup. Oh, it was stupid. The top school of running receiver in the, it in was, the league. He was wide receiver five at one point, yep. if I remember correctly, because he yep. was just on a tear. He was in the year before in- that, with, with Lamar Jackson, he was a top receiver until Lamar Jackson got hurt. And then he fell off after that. So he was a top 12 receiver in that respect, too. Exactly. So funny little story to kind of tie in Lamar here a little bit. I was on. Front, front yard fantasy on Wednesday and mm-hmm. we were doing fantasy fortune and one of them was Zay Flowers ham egg and cheese biscuit was the the puzzle and I think Zay Flowers is actually a perfect I won't say perfect but I think Zay Flowers is a really good comp or fit for the Hollywood Brown role for Lamar Jackson Agreed. so I would be targeting Zay Flowers little AFC North sprinkle and we'll we'll do that for your co-host. But I th- I think Zay Flowers and and Hollywood Brown are going to be could be very similar from a rookie year perspective. So All right. Uh but yeah, Debo or Debo and Hollywood are are way too low. Go buy them if you can because I think both of them have the chance to crush their ADP. So All right, who are you selling from this this division? All right, so my sell, and it's a guy that I actually did sell in my league, and it is Mr. Christian McCaffrey. I think his value is as high as it'll ever be again. I don't see any way that he gets a higher value. Now, see, in the league that I traded him away, I've had him since his rookie season. Yeah. So after that 2019 season, I was offered so many big offers, and I turned them all down, and I said, no, no, this guy's going to be great. And in the next two years, I struggled through all his injuries and I said to myself, if he ever recaptures any semblance of his original value, I'm going to trade him immediately. And I did just that last year. I traded him straight up for Mr. Jalen Waddle in a wow. dynasty league. So I, I like that because Waddle's got, I think, got a long career. I think Christian McCaffrey, like I mentioned earlier, has one, two years left of elite production. And I think if even if you look as till next year, I think even if he has a great season this year, I think his his value still decreases next year based solely on his age and the fact yeah. he played running back. So that's why I'd be selling Christian McCaffrey right now. I 110% agree with you. Yeah, I saw some absolutely crazy offers for him back in, I think it was 2019 or 2020. Yep. It was the season after he went bonkers, a thousand yards rushing and receiving. 
And now I completely agree with you. His value after getting traded to the the 49ers and and showing he's still Christian McCaffrey from of old, his value's I won't say right back where it was, but it's pretty darn close. You can get a King's ransom for him. And I love that you got Jalen Waddle. So let me ask you this. If you were to sell Christian McCaffrey, obviously other than Jalen Waddle, like who are some players you would target or what kind of a package would you target? So I'd be looking for if we're talking picks, it's gonna have to be at least, at least two first round picks plus a throw in player there at the at the end. If we're talking players, I'm looking for a Jalen Wall type. I'm looking for like a Chris Alave would be in that that range. I'm looking for I'm trying to think who else. The Garrett Wilson would be someone I'd be looking for. Someone that's going to have a longer career that I can get, you know, top dollar for right now. Now, will you actually be able to get that from those owners? Hard to say. It might be one of those situations where you got traded in midseason when, you know, hopefully he's having a good season and it's a team that's like sort of on the cusp of a championship and you can reach out to him and say, Hey, I got Christian McCaffrey. You know, he'll, he'll push you over the top for your championship and you know, you trade him for whatever you can get, you know, as far as picks or another player that they might be, you know, sitting on their bench that you can get and then, yeah, sell them at that point and, and ride it out. So I think that's kind of what, how, how I would approach it. Yeah. I like that. I, I don't know about you, but I think you could sell McCaffrey for Chris Olave plus a little bit. Plus um, a little bit. I think there's enough question marks around, even though car, like car is a, an upgrade at QB for Olave. I still think there's enough question marks around him and around the offense in general that you could get a, a little bit on top of Olave. So that would honestly be something that I'd target pretty, pretty easily. Yep. Okay. I think I've blabbered enough and we've listened to your sage wisdom to figure out who I'm going to sell, but I'm still not sure. I think I'm going to go cup first yeah. for similar reasons. Like, He's probably taken a little bit of a dip just because of the injury. But we saw him even like at the beginning of last season that he picked right back up from where he did the last year. Where he's yep. getting 10 plus targets a game and at least a he's, touchdown and 100 yards. Like, Yeah, he still finished the season as the receiver one in points per game last year. Yeah. So I I would be selling him now to a contending team. And I, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be looking to get, like, maybe go a tier lower and get some youth. Cause he's what, 29, maybe 30, if I remember correctly. Almost 30. Yep, yeah. Almost 30. So if you drop a tier to someone who's in that 20 to 25 range and get a little sprinkled on top, if you're in a, a rebuild, I would easily do that. Agreed. So. Right, so now we're on to hold. And I will go first once I finish filling in the show sheet. I like to switch up the orders a little bit every now and again. <laughs> um, okay, hold for me. I think it's DK Metcalf. And the I mean second best receiver in the league or in the division, based on where we took him in the draft. And could see him if Cup goes down again or if he ends up getting the targets that Cup gets, the the volume of targets, if you will. I think Metcalf could easily challenge him for the best receiver in this division. There's obviously some competition from your, your 49ers boys too. But 
DK's 25. He's got a long career ahead of him still and has already shown that he can produce at that fantasy relevant production level. So I'm going to hold on to DK Metcalf. I'm not willing to sell him at this point because I think his value can still rise, but he might be a little pricey to buy right now too. So I'm going to hold him. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I think DK is one of those guys. Yes, we know how fast he is, but he's one of those guys that as he gets later in his career, because he is so big, he's still going to have the value of being a red zone threat, you know, later into his career where some of these smaller, faster guys, or even a guy like Cup that relies on quickness and route running as his, as he gets a little bit slower, we won't see the separation that he normally gets. And it's going to be tougher for him to succeed. Whereas DK Metcalf can be like, I'm just going to post you up and I'm just going to ball out yeah. and take catch, 10 touchdowns a year and, you know, not have to run a ton of routes. So I think that's a, that's a great pick there. All right, let's see, for, for my holds, my hold, I think I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker. I think the, the industry is a little bit down on him. So if you try to sell him right now, you're probably selling him at a discount because people think, oh, they got Zach Charbonnet, you know, and there's all these stats that are coming out about Kenneth Walker and how he can't maintain the efficiency that he had last year and yada, 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 yada. So if you sold him right now, you're selling him at a discount. So I think I'm holding Kenneth Walker. I think he regains his value once the season starts back up. I think we see that, yes, he's still the man in that offense. Shards probably take some of it away from him, but I do think, you know, he built his value on being able to run the ball. So the fact that Sharp's going to catch some passes is not going to affect his overall value. So I, I'll, I'll hold the Kenneth Walker right now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think I could agree anymore. I mean, we, we hammered Walker. Like we've said, he is capable of being a full down, full time three down back. They brought in Sharbs probably to, to take some of that receiving work off of him. If Sharbs goes down, Walker's value goes up. If you don't believe in him, sell him at that point. If Charbonnet starts to eat into his timeshare a little more than I think you and I both expect, then that's a great time to buy him, I think. So right now he's a perfect hold because he's right in the middle of it. And there's, yep. there's question marks on what's going to happen with Charbonnet. So, all right, on to the sleepers. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, Jeff. I don't have one picked out yet, so I'm going to let you go first now. All right. I, I had two that I was thinking of. One of them is kind of low-hanging fruit, I think, because I think one of them is sort of a, a Twitter darling right now. He's a late-round rookie pick. He's going in late third, early fourth. But I'm not going to take him because he's the one that's been talked about a lot. I'm going to go with Mr. Michael Wilson, the rookie for the Arizona Cardinals. And here's why. You got Marquise Brown. You got Rondell Moore. And you got Greg Dortch on yeah. top of that depth chart right now. What's what all the three of those guys have in common? They're, they're all small. They're, they're small. Where Michael Wilson is the one guy there that's over six feet tall. So I think that he's going to find his way on the field just being different than everything else that they already have. You know, they took him, I think, in the second round. Very surprising pick. Yeah, very surprising. But they obviously saw something that they wanted to, to get him in. Like I said, he's the tallest guy on, on that roster right now as far as receivers go. So give me the guy that's a little bit different that can that can be a you know a red zone threat for the for the Cardinals here. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. He and is if, not if a you, guy. If you, don't, if you don't take if you don't take my guy, the other one I was talking about, I'll mention him as well. I'll let okay. you go. Well, first. I probably won't because I'm going. I'm going with someone who I liked last year, and we I mentioned him earlier in the show just a little bit. But I think this may be the perfect opportunity for him to either start to take over at his position or start and finish a takeover because the guy he is competing with 
is going to be 31 or 32, if I remember correctly, and has had some injury bugs. I'm going Trey McBride. Nice. So I really liked McBride last year. Colorado State, is that right? Where he played? You got me, man. I don't know nothing about I college. <laughs> I'm like 90% sure he is from Colorado State, but he went to Arizona. And I really liked it. And then they ended up trading for Ertz. But I, I think Ertz actually helps him. It was Colorado State. And I love being right. Random factoids. But I think McBride is being slept on just because Ertz is there and McBride didn't have the opportunity because of Ertz to really show what he's capable of. I think Ertz is recovering from an injury. Like I mentioned, he, he's reaching an older age when especially not necessarily a tight end because tight ends typically play a little longer, which is surprising because they block so much compared to like wide receivers and whatnot. But I think McBride with Ertz coming back from injury and now being in the NFL for at least for a year has the opportunity to take over that kind of timeshare in the tight end position for Arizona. And like we just, you just outlined it. They've got Dorch, Rondell Moore, and oh, who's the other one? Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, who are all 5'9 or shorter. Well, then you got Michael Wilson and you got McBride, who is six foot four. Wow, Fantasy Pros is absolutely failing me right now, and I will edit that out, but they don't have his height. Here, let's go look on Sleeper real quick. Great. Six foot four, 260. Thank you. So, yeah, so six foot four, 250, 260, like, that's a complete game changer for what they have in their wide receiver room. So, I love the opportunity Trey McBride, I think, has. And usually it takes tight ends two to three years to adjust to the NFL and, and get up to snuff anyway. So I think it, he's the perfect sleeper candidate. Yeah, I love that. I love that one. The other guy I was I was talking about, the low-hanging fruit that's been all over Twitter. He's sort of like a Twitter darling is Mr. Puka Nakua yeah. for the Rams. He, you know, his competition is Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek, who's not exactly, you know, Jerry Rice and, and Randy Moss. Yeah. So <laughs> You know, they, they drafted him, you know, fairly late in the draft, obviously. And, and he's, you know, got a long shot to, to really do anything, but, you know, opportunity is definitely there. That's really all you want from your sleepers is, is can he get the opportunity? And I think with the, with that receiver room, with it being Cooper Cup and then a bunch of guys, I think he has the opportunity to potentially shine there. Yeah. That's a great one. And he is definitely a Twitter darling. He's risen up the Twitter ranks at least. Yes. Recently. So I like that a lot. All right, I would not be doing our listeners, I would be doing our listeners a disservice if I did not ask you a question about Trey Lance. What are you, like, as a 49ers fan, and probably being more plugged in than I am to to 49ers Nation, like, what's going on with Trey Lance? What are your thoughts? Where, like, who do you want to see start? Hit me. So, who do I want to see start is a very tough question because I go back and forth. I think the offense looks completely different depending on which quarterback is in there. If it's Brock Purdy, it'll be more of a, a downfield passing game, you know, protect the quarterback kind of thing. If it's Trey Lance, I see them trying to run those those options and, you know, getting Debo Samuel involved. However, I do think it is Purdy's job to lose. I think he played way too well at the end of last year to relinquish that spot. So if he is healthy week one, I think he is the de facto starter. 
However, if he's to be put on the pup list or miss three or four games to start the season and Trey Lance comes out and balls out, then they don't give the ball back to Purdy unless Trey Lance struggles. So I, it's kind of a, kind of a, the, the political way to take out of there and kind of answer the question on both sides of my mouth, but Purdy, it's Purdy's job to lose. And if, unless he is injured to start the season and then if Trey Lance balls out, he can take that job and keep it. But I think it's a good problem to have that both quarterbacks are, are, you know, potential starters for us. You know, we had that happen once before when we had Alex Smith. Mm. We were winning games with Alex Smith. He got hurt. And came Colin Kaepernick. He balled out. We rode him to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, couldn't close the deal. But uh, we've seen it happen before. And I think this is a situation very similar here where with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Yeah. Let me ask you a tough question. Do you think Lance has the capability to ball? Yes, I do. I don't think he's been given a fair shot. People are like, you know, they think they've seen enough of him. And when you really look at the games that he's played and the games that he started, I mean, his first game last year was against the Chicago Bears in that monsoon. Yeah. How can you really judge anybody in that game? That was just an ugly, ugly game. And then the next game he gets hurt. So how can you even judge anything on that? And then even last year, you know, he got thrown in there into a couple of, of games in the middle where he was taking over for Jimmy G and, you know, didn't get a fair shot to actually start and prep and be the starter going into the week. So I think he's never been given a fair shot. I think the athletic ability is there. Everything that I'm hearing from camp right now is that he's because the one complaint against him was his very long release time. Yeah. Where he had to sort of wind it up to get it down the field. Um, he's been working with a quarterback's coach and he has shortened his release time. That's good. And apparently has been doing really well with it. So as long as that translates to actual games, I think he will be just fine. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right, my friend, that wraps up our show. I greatly appreciate you coming on. And before I leave or we leave, where can people find you? And obviously plug going for two and then anything else you're working on. All right. First of all, thanks for having me on. Always, always fun hanging out with you and, and talking some ball. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77. That's Jeff spelled G-E-O-F-F. It's a little bit different. There is another Jeff Lambert 77 with a J. I'm sure he's got a bunch of my followers that are following him for football stuff. And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> so, but it is G-E-O-F-F. Like you mentioned, goingfor2.com is the website. We actually have a second website that we just started. It's going for two dot live, which is going to have all of our audio and video podcasts. All of our shows are going to be on there. We've got the show synopsis. We got all the descriptions. We're going to have the the host bios put up there. Nice. It's got all the links to everywhere. If you want to watch it on Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, whatever, all the links are also there. So that's just going for two dot live. And yeah, I mean, if you're not in our Discord, you know, if, you know, we have a bunch of stuff going on in the Discord right now, you could find my Discord link in my Twitter profile. We're doing a lot of Scott Fishbowl stuff right now. So tons and tons and tons of mock drafts. So if you're in the Scott Fishbowl or if you're a Scott Fishbowl hopeful or you just like doing mock drafts, join the Discord and, and, and jump in there and do that. Cool, man. Appreciate it. And yeah, Jeff is the reason that I had to get into Discord and I still hate it, but Jeff does a great job of running it. <laughs> And especially with all the Scott Fishbowl stuff that you do, like it's it's super a super fun community to be a part of in the the Discord chat. I will admit that. So you're welcome. <laughs> it took a lot for you to do that. <laughs> it did. And I, I'm having to use Discord for Roto Heat now. And I told Rick I still hate Discord. Like it's not my it, I do not like it, but 
I'll get over it. I'll do what I have to do. So <laughs> thanks again for coming on. And thank you guys for listening. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at FFShaneB. You can follow the show at FFRZ Redemption. And Polly's Playoff is live. You guys missed missed your chance at a, a sign-up bonus yesterday. So get signed up right on Polly'sPlayoff.com. Shout out to Rick. And now you can also check out our merch store on polysplayoff.com. So we've got merch, it's t-shirts, coffee cups, long sleeve t-shirts. I don't even know what all's on there, but it's a bunch <laughs> of good stuff. And the don- the proceeds go to our walked in Alzheimer's team. So that is the goal is to get to 480 people in Polly's playoff and raise as much money as we can. We've hit $5,000 roughly the last two years. So want to hit and exceed that again for the Alzheimer's Association. So Thanks again. This has been Red Zone Redemption, where we help you make the moves to redeem your fantasy season.